This week on Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras, Shankara's debate with Mandana Mishra. Shankara, one of the Vedanta tradition's great saints, is engaged in a debate with another saint on the fine points of Vedic philosophy. And believe it or not, the story is rich with humor, insight, and several unexpected twists worthy of the best Hollywood script. This podcast is presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web where you will now find in the audio library the complete Yajurveda, complete Bhagavad Gita, and two hours of Samaveda, among other things. When we left off last week, Shankara had agreed to debate Mandana with Ubaya Bharati, Mandana's wife, serving as judge and referee. The loser would become the disciple of the winner, which meant that if Shankara lost, he would have to get married and become a householder. On the other hand, if Mandana lost, he and his wife would leave their palatial estate to become wandering ascetics with Shankara. It was said that Saraswati, the goddess of wisdom and learning, had been cursed to live a lifetime as a human owing to her insult of a particularly bad-tempered and very powerful rishi. As a child, she had mastered the Shastras while living with her father, and then expanded her considerable knowledge even further once she was married to Mandana. Her original name was Bharati, which means illumined one, but she was twice illumined, once with her father and once with her husband, so she was called Ubaya, which means both. Because she was apparently human and a wife, tradition required her to look after the household affairs while the debate between Mandana and Shankara was going on, so instead of listening to every minute of the debates, she gave a garland of flowers to both participants, saying that if either garland faded, that person would be deemed to have lost the debate. While the debates between Shankara and Mandana were very cordial, and they stretched on for day after day, and each day more and more people came to hear the wisdom that flowed from the two contestants, and the story says that even the gods in heaven leaned over to listen to this great earthly debate. Shankara espoused the teachings of the Upanishads that Brahman is the one true reality hiding deep within the apparent universe. He said that the individual is caught in an ocean of samsara, or illusion, subject to repeated birth and death, so long as the inner reality of Brahman is left unrealized. And realization to Shankara did not mean a simple intellectual understanding, but rather a more complete experience of the full range of life, from the limited reality of daily life to the unbounded eternity of Brahman. Mandara took a different approach. But after eighteen days of debate, Shankara's mala was still fresh, while Mandana's had started to wilt. Well, Mandana, as you might expect, was rather unhappy about this, but all was not lost. His wife, Ubaya Bharati, stood up and requested a fresh session of debates between her and Shankara. Shankara had graciously agreed, because in the Vedic tradition, the wife and husband are just two parts of one complete entity. It was a very relatively brief discussion that revolved around the nature of knowledge. 
Shankara, as he had with her husband, contended that complete knowledge is based in the experience of Brahman. Bharati did not disagree with anything Shankara had said. Instead, she pointed out that Shankara was ignorant of an important area of life, without knowledge of which he was really not qualified to speak on the relative advantages and disadvantages of the householder way of life versus the path of the sannyasi. Shankara did not realize the trap that she had just laid for him until she pointed out that as a lifelong celibate sannyasi, his knowledge was incomplete because he had not experienced the love of a woman. She asked him, What are the features of the god of love, Kamadeva? His arrows of love are made from flowers. What sort of flowers? Which flowers did Kamadeva prefer? And how does the experience of love differ from man to woman? Bharati concluded that he was unqualified to speak on this particular topic of sannyas versus householder, which lay at the core of her husband's discourse versus Shankara. Well, as you might imagine, Shankara was stunned. He had to admit her point, but did not want to concede defeat, so he asked for a one-month delay so that he could research the subject. Bharati agreed, and Shankara and his disciples left walking off into the forest. Through his great yogic power, Shankara transported his small group flying over the forest on their way to a tall mountaintop. As they passed over a local forest, Shankara saw a king named Amaruka who had just passed away, and he indicated that he would enter the king's body for the purpose of gaining the knowledge required to defeat Bharati. His disciple Padmapada counseled extreme caution in telling him the story of the yogi Matsyendra, who did just that, and for the same reason, saying that the king got so immersed in the emotional display of these women, their amorous advances, soft laughter, sweet songs, and lovely dances, that he forgot everything about samadhi and spiritual affairs. Matsyendra's student, Goraksha, had to talk his way into the palace, as a dance instructor, in order to reach the king and remind him of the great spiritual truths of life. And in a flash, the yogi had remembered what he had forgotten, and he left the king's body on the spot and, rep- and returned to the forest with great thanks to his dutiful student. I am afraid, sir, said Padmapada, that a similar fate might await you. Well, do not be concerned, said Shankara. I am in no danger because, for one who has achieved the genuine transcendent oneness of life, no desire arises. And it is desire not experienced that leads to the danger of losing oneself in sensual enjoyment. Shankara and his small party proceeded to the mountaintop, and the disciples were instructed to take care of Shankara's body while he was gone. And with that, Shankara left his body, and moments later, the deceased King Amaruka miraculously regained consciousness. Everyone in the king's court was delighted, and as the story goes, the wives surrounded the king, greeting him with joyous cries and brightened faces, just as the sun is greeted at dawn by a lake, with the faces of innumerable lotus buds in bloom, and the joyous cries of the water birds residing in it. Well, as the weeks wore on, the king displayed true skill, kindness, and insight as a ruler, 
in ways that were somewhat inconsistent with the original King Amaruka. Their suspicions aroused, the king's ministers concluded that some wonderfully unique individual had entered the body of the king. So they decided to take measures to keep him there. Life was now truly wonderful in this kingdom, and to prevent whomever it was animating the king, the advisors decreed that every dead body that could be found was to be burned immediately. Well, after a time, the king entrusted the affairs of the state to his advisor and his son, the prince, and retired to his inner apartments to enjoy the company of his women. As the text says, in cool and crystalline halls, he engaged himself continuously in all forms of amorous indulgences with these charming and responsive women, in playing at dice with them, offering various forms of sexual indulgences as a wager, in drinking wine in golden cups from their hands and making them drink the same, in impressing kisses upon their faces having half-closed eyes, emitting fragrant breaths and speaking honeyed words, and in holding their bare bodies in tight embrace, forgetting everything else in the thrill of concentrated joy. By his life in their company he understood the joy that sex love gives, but for him it was only a dim shadow of the bliss of Brahman in which his mind was ever immersed. During this time, Shankara, as King Amaruka, studied the sutras that the Rishi Vatsyayana had written on the topic and wrote a new work on the theme, uh, consisting of a hundred poems on the topic of love, and it was called Amaruka Shataka. King Amaruka had a hundred wives, and each night the king would choose a different wife, and the next morning would write a poem about her. Well, the month had come and gone, and Shankara's disciples were increasingly concerned about what had happened to their master. Indeed, it had been several months, and so they left a few to guard his body, and the others set out in search of him. Soon they came across the kingdom of Amaruka and heard that their king had been dead, but was mysteriously revived and was ruling with great skill. They also heard that the king was a great lover of music and women, and the disciples knew that they had found their man. Assuming the role of musicians, they talked their way into an audience with the king. When ushered into his presence, they saw their teacher surrounded by a bevy of beauties, like the moon thronged by the stars. Though majestic like Indra, the king of the gods, in the present settings he resembled no one more than Kamadeva himself, the god of love. Well, the disciples-slash-musicians sang the king a lengthy song that glorified the benefits of spiritual attainment and the bliss of Brahman with the chorus consisting of Tatwamasi, Tatwamasi, that thou art. In a flash, the reality of the situation came back to Shankara, and he left the body of the king in an instant. But there was a complication. The king's ministers had commended the military to be on the lookout for bodies, and it happened that at that particular moment they had arrived at the cave where Shankara's body had been stored. They had already built a pyre and had just lit the frames, flames when Shankara's spirit arrived, and in an instant Shankara composed a hymn to Lakshmi Narasimha, the most protective form of Vishnu, and he was saved from the flames emerging from the cave into the light of day and the company of his disciples. Ushankara was eager to return and finish his debate, and off they went, flying through the sky. 
As they descended into Mandana's compound, they saw him await, awaiting Shankara with hands folded, readily acknowledging his loss in the debate. Even Ubayabharati was glad to see Shankara, and she spoke nicely to him, explaining that she had finished her mission and was now ready to return to Brahmaloka for heaven. Mandana, for his part, was ready to take on the status of a sannyasi, and he performed the appropriate rituals and took the name Sureshwara and became Shankara's principal devotee. So for our chanting this time, I want to begin with one of my favorites, the Guru's Dotram. It contains one of my favorite phrases, which is rather well known. Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. The Guru is Brahma, the Guru is Vishnu, and the Guru is Shiva. The Guru is the expression of transcendental divinity. To the Guru, I bow down. And after that, I have included the Vedasara Shiva Stotram, a very pretty series of verses on Shiva, which has the sweetness that I associate with Shankara's compositions. And that will be it for this week. As always, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yes.
सर्वोक्यम सचराचर तत्पम दर्शित तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम सर्वश्रुतिशिरोन विराजित पदाबुज वेदातांबुज सूर्य तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम चैतन्य शाश्वत शांतो व्योमातीतो निरंजना बिंदुनादलातीत तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम ज्ञानशक्ति सूढ़ विभूषिता भुक्ति मुक्ति प्रदाता च तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम अनेकजन्म संप्राप्त कर्मबंध विदाने आत्मज्ञान प्रदान तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम शोषण भविंदोश ज्ञापन सार संपद गुरोपादोदकुरवे नम न गुरोरधिक न गुरोरधिक तप तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम मन्नाथ श्रीजगन्नाथ मद्गुश्रीजगद्गु मदात्माभूतात्मा तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम गुरुरादिनादिश गुरु परमदत गुरु परतर नस्म श्रीगुरवे नम माता च पिता बंधुश्च सखा
ಗೌರೀನಾಥ ಭಗವತ್ಪದಾಬ್ಜಯುಗಣಂ ಕೈವಲ್ಯ ಸೌಖ್ಯಪ್ರದಂ ರೋಧಸ್ತೋಯಘೃತಶ್ರಮೇನ ಪಥಿ ಛಾಯಾಂತರೋರ್ಷ್ಟಿತೀತಸ್ವಸ್ಥಗೃಹಂ ಗೃಹಸ್ಥಮತಿ ದೀನ ಪ್ರಭು ಧಾರ್ಮಿಕ ದೀಪಂ ಸಂತಮಸಾಕುಲಶ್ಚ ಶಿಖಿರ ಶೀತಾಘೃತಸ್ವಂ ತೇತಸ್ಸರ್ವಯಾಪಹಂ ವ್ರಜಸುಖ ಶಂಭೋಲಾಂಗೋರುಹಂ ಅಂಗೋಲಂ ನಿಜ ಬೀಜ ಸಂತತಿರಯಸ್ಕಾಂತೋಪಲಂ ಸೂಚಿಕಾ ಸಾಧ್ವೀ ನೈಜ ವಿಭುಂ ಲತಾಕ್ಷಿತಿರುಹಂ ಸಿಂಧುಸರಿಲ್ವಲ್ಲಭಂ ಪ್ರಾಪ್ನೋತೀಹ ಯಶುಪೇ ಆಧಾರವಿಂದ್ವಯಂ ಚೇತೋ ವೃತ್ತಿರುಪೇತ್ಯತಿಷ್ಠತಿ ಸದಾ ಸಾಭಕ್ತಿರಿತ್ಯುಚ್ಯತೆ ಆನಂದಾಶ್ರುಭಿರಾತನೋದಿ ಪುಲಕಂ ನೈರ್ಮಲ್ಯತಃಾದನ ವಾಚಾಶಂಖಮುಖೇಸ್ತಿತೈಶ್ಚರಾಪೂರ್ತಿರಿತ್ರಾವೃತೈರುದ್ರಾಕ್ಷೈರ್ಭಸಿತೇ
नदिर्नुदिभ्यस्तुमीश पूजा विधि विद्यान समाधिर्न तुष्ट धनुषा मुसलेन चाश्मे प्रीतिक वचसा चरित वा शंभो अहमुद्योग विधासुते प्रसक्त मनसा कृतिश्वर से शिसा चदा शिव नमा आद्या विद्यागृदा निर्गदासी विद्यागृदृदाद सीकरदाब्जम भाव मुक्तेर्भाजनम राजमौले दूरीता दुरीता दुरक्षरा दौर्भाग्य दुख दुरहंकृति दुर्वचासी सारम तदीय चरित नितरा पिबंत गौरी शिग समुद्धर सत्कटाक्ष सोमकलाधर मौल कोमलघनगंधरे महामहसी स्वामी गिरीजानाथे मामकृदम निरंतर रमता सारसनायने मनोभवानीश चिद्यंत्र प्रचरत प्रगलृत्या मदवानेश मन करीगरीज्वा परमस्थापम दृढ़ नयामुक्तायुता साधुवृत्ता सुवर्ण उपगत विनयाणी कन्याकाुक्तुण्यजलधेदिपुरी स्त्रोत्रेना 